What is wisdom? What does that word even mean? How can we implement wisdom in our everyday lives? Psychiatrist and executive coach Dr. Sunil invites you to join him on a transformational and sacred quest to experience meaning, purpose, and fun in both your life and work. These podcasts will not only empower you to wisely navigate through a confusing world, but to grow in body, mind, and spirit, which will ultimately have us dancing with wisdom. Hello, and welcome to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast with me, Snora Hager. And it's great to have you again with us, Elliot, as we have these fascinating conversations. Absolutely. And uh, it's the first podcast we're doing today. Uh, I just want to share with everybody what you just said when we were about to press record, what you just said, well, at least we don't have to do our hair. That's right. One of the great things is we don't have to worry, is my hair in place all right? And I'm just thinking, it's fine, because I feel a little bit, bit of rush of air going, and I think... Well, it actually doesn't matter if it's moved something. It doesn't matter because there's, there's no hair to worry about. Here, here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I feel really inspired um, today, especially after hearing your um, podcast with Mark Green. Thank you. Really amazing. And I've got uh, a line written down here, and I want to jump straight in today, if, we, okay. if I may, Sunil. Okay, go for it. And I'd like you to make some um, sense of this and explain, please. Okay, so I'm just going to say one line. Five uncomfortable truths we don't want to hear but hold the seeds of wisdom for all of life. Please explain. Yes, that's right. Um, those five uncomfortable truths. See, the thing is, there are things about life that the society and culture, as it were, tells us, maybe not directly, but it's, it's in the atmosphere, it, it's in the air. And we just assume this is the way it is. But actually, they're lies and they have incredibly destructive and negative effects on us. And what I was hoping we can do today is go through them one by one and really just pick them apart and just try and help, well, as we talk and and the people watching and listening as well, really help them to think about how much they've allowed these lies, I can't can't even think about it to say really, lies really, falsehoods that have in in a sense, again, using strong words, indoctrinated us into a wrong way of thinking, which has led to bad outcomes for us. And you uh, used the word uncomfortable. Yeah, well, they're uncomfortable because we don't really want to, as it were, look at them directly. But I think there is power when you look at things directly, when you embrace the uncomfortable, because that, as it were, you go through the short-term pain for the long-term gain. Uh, oh, I like that. I feel like that should be on a T-shirt. Short-term pain, long-term <laughs> gain, yes. So they're, they're hard topics, but I think as, as a, I hope you know, people watching and listening can see, there's actually great joy and encouragement and fulfilment that comes working through them. Should I kick Start up? off, number one. So number one is that life is hard. Now, again, everything in culture says life shouldn't be hard. And in a way, you know, we've never had it so good, okay? Technology, comfort, hot water, nice showers, beautiful weather. We have this picture in our minds, you know, if I have the money, the relationships, everything, I can just sit up and relax. But actually, the reality is life is hard. And when things don't come out, you know, we put up people's Facebook feeds or their Instagram feeds and they're smiling, they're cheerful, they're on the beach. Everything looks hunky-dory, looks wonderful. But it betrays the fact that actually life is hard. Life well, you say hard. about Facebook, it's a front, isn't it? Mm. 
Mm. Um, it's like people don't want to... Some people do. Some people yeah. actually only use Facebook for that. But a lot of people like to disguise the hard and almost like put on the front that they're having this wonderful life with their yeah. children and the wonderful holidays and the wonderful days out. Yes. But I think we're... <sighs> I mean, obviously, you've got to find safe people within which to talk about the tough things of life with. So I'm not, so I'm certainly not advocating that you just put it all out there and you start having a, you know, again, somebody who is a recovering pessimist, okay, someone who has tended to look on the, you know, the, the dark side of life and been a glass half empty kind of person. I'm saying that you do need to have a positive view of life, but accept the fact that life is tough because when things go wrong, that there are two problems. One is that something bad happens, death, betrayal, disease disaster okay and we say this isn't this shouldn't be happening to me this is wrong this is wrong this, this, this is not right i've done something wrong or somebody else's fault you know who am i going to sue for this kind of thing uh, we go into you know blame excuses and deny we blame others we find excuses or we go into a kind of victim mindset about it we get very angry and we somehow think this shouldn't be right this shouldn't be going you know i've, I've worked hard I, I i deserve better than this when actually the re response should be this is a fallen world and terrible things do happen. And it's a gift that I've been given every day that I have the privilege and opportunities I have. There are people who would give their right arm to have the life that I'm living. There are people who are struggling. It was it Buddha who said, you know, life is suffering. That's the first noble truth of, of Buddhism. And there's truth in that, that life is tough, life is hard. No matter how good or impressive things can appear to the outsider, we all have our own personal struggles that we're dealing with. I, you know, there's this quote that I really love is be kind to everyone you meet because everyone is going through kind, some kind of struggle that you know nothing about. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality. All of us, you know, the fact that you're existing on this earth means that you're going to face trials, temptations, struggles that are going to stretch you. It's, it's part of being human. It's part of the journey. And there's something about the fact that when you embrace actually that life is hard and you embrace, you know, you embrace the hardness that you realize that God is, is using that to train and develop and grow. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, going to, going to the gym. If I go to the gym, I put myself through short-term pain for long-term benefit. You know, it's, it's like, you know, if you think about in, in the gym, you know, the muscle fibers get stretched and they get stretched to breaking point. They break, but when they heal, they heal stronger. And there's something about trials and problems and difficulties that, if you like, are spiritual weight training for us. And I'm not saying to say that that necessarily means that we have all the answers because terrible things do happen. Loved ones die suddenly. People betray us. All sorts of terrible things. And I'm not going to say that I have all the answers why that is and that you'll even know the answer, you know, even in this lifetime. But we have to trust that there is someone who is working behind the scenes for his greater purposes. Because what's the alternative? Mm -hmm. I, I moan, complain, I blame others, I become a victim. Eat too much. And eat too, yeah. yeah comfort yeah. eating, all that kind Get of stuff. Get healthy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go through all of them. Yeah. So we've done number one, life is hard. Yeah, I'm just getting my... Uh, and <laughs> yeah, you're never... Get the notes up, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll see what we can do about it at the end. Yes, Okay, right. so number two. Well, number two is, again, you don't want to hear this. You're not important, Elliot. How dare you? <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm not important to nil. You know, you know. I mean, humorously, the world is made up of, I think, around six billion people. Okay, and the world consists of other people, right? And I love to think, you know, that the world revolves around me. And yes, you know, in one sense, because I'm I'm living in my body and it's the only one I've got, I look at it from my perspective. But actually, I'm not really that important, really. But the problem is my ego, 
You see, that, that's the problem. You know, we've got a whole chapter in the book on, on managing your ego in Dancing with Wisdom. And it's both an asset and a liability. And the problem is that I'm continually trying to make myself important. I'm continually trying to say, you know, I continue to either putting myself above other people, saying I'm better than them in some way, or, or, uh, be, or uh, jealousy. Okay, so this is, this is how you approach importance. Yeah. Because one would say that God might consider you very important. Well, yeah. And, but at and, and the same time, is that your actions could be important if oh, they were yes. in the right place. But are you talking about not important in an arrogance? Yes, kind of I'm way? talking about you are not important. In it's, it's that unhealthy pride that basically looks to put me above other people or even the other way around or puts me below other people. It's this tendency for comparison. You know, Lewis, C.S. Lewis talks about pride being the worst of sins. And the reason it's worse, you know, it's the worst of sins, worse than murder, betrayal, adultery, cheating, all those kind of things, is because it cuts you off from other people. So if you think about, say, a group of thieves, okay, a group of thieves are obviously doing wrong things, but they can still be friends. Whereas a group of proud people can never be friends because there's a reason for their pride. They're superior than everybody else. They're the inner circle. They're the core. They've got the inner knowledge. But the moment one of those people steps out of line, they're out of the group. That's it. You can't, mm. you don't deserve to be long here because you've let us down. That's why pride is so dangerous. And Keller, I think, has, has this phrase, which is a constant, ruthless, unsmiling concentration on the self. It's, it's, it's chilling, actually. It's ruthless. It's constant, it's unsmiling, and it's a chill, and it's a concentration on the self. It's all about me. Mm. I'm important. Why, you know, why do they, why do they ignore me? And again, we all go through this. I mean, I, you know, I can talk about this, but you know, I think, well, why did he not talk to me? Why did he ignore me? Why, why did she uh, not mention me? It's very deep rooted, and it's 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 from this basic insecurity that we have. But you're quite right. We are important to God. And it's because of Christ's love to us that we are important. So it's, it's realizing that I'm accepted for who I am. I feel like I want to ask as well, mutual respect. That seems yeah. to pop into my head. So yes. you say you're not important, but you can, it would be a positive to see the other person as important. Exactly, yeah. We're, we are all equally valuable, you know, in the sense where every human being is made in the image of God. And so there is a divine spark, a divine light within each one of us. And we need to learn to honour and respect that. I mean, I'm from an Indian background. And, you know, the phrase is, 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 is namaste. And namaste means I bow down to the God within you, to the image of God within you. I mean, that's, that's the way what, I, I look at I it. I bet a lot of people don't know that. No, a lot of people don't know that. But, that, but, that's, but that's, that's the positive root of it, is this issue is, that's why we, you know, we, we are infinite beings with an infinite future. You would never believe that if you, if you see some of the comments people write on social media and the way that people denigrate and put each other down. It's, again, this is living in wisdom with awe and reverence. Now, you may have, some, you know, some, you, you or somebody else may have some ideas which I think are ridiculous. But it's not, I don't think you're ridiculous. I'm thinking, I'm saying that idea or that concept. I can guarantee that I've got ideas that you well, will fix. I'm sure, I'm sure I have, and I have as well. But this ability to, to laugh at oneself and not take oneself too seriously is such an important skill of wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. And people, I think, are so hungry for the opposite. Yes. You know, I think so many people are... Well, because they haven't crave... got a foundation. I think that's the whole thing. So, mm. so you'll, you'll look for importance somewhere else is what you'll do. Yeah, okay. 
Great points there, uh, Sunil. Okay, so uh, number two, you are not important. Though okay. I do think you are, but go ahead. <laughs> so, so we've said life is hard, you're not important. The third one is your life is not about you. And again, we live in an age, a day and age, where it's all about the individual. It's me and my rights. I need to choose. It's my body. I do what I want with it. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm in charge. It's all about me. Me, 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 me. And yet, we are not islands on, on, on our own. We are connected. You know, I'm, I'm the product of parents and grandparents and previous generations. And God willing, you know, I've got four kids and they'll be, gener- you know, grandchildren and great-grandchildren and future generations ahead of me. And the decisions and choices that I make, I'm a free agent. I decide for myself. Oh, come on. You know, what about your upbringing and your past? Well, I don't allow, you know, the things that happened to me in the past. Well, yes, you do. You've seen things in your life, you know, maybe your parents, you know, maybe you know, we, we get head up about, you know, my dad did this, my mother did this, my parents screwed me up this way, and I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to allow that. Well, you're allowing yourself to be influenced. Whatever way you look at it. Yes, yes. I mean, we don't have to be prisoners of our past. We can, as it were, through the gifts God has given us of self-awareness, we can, as it were, say, well, those are bad decisions. For example, my parents might have made that, and I'm not going to make those. But we make that with with a cool rational choice i've got a a friend it's actually a a, a book an audio book we published oh, um, yeah. called just leadership and it's uh, justin humphreys and simon yeah. barrington and simon barrington said that if he had multi-million pounds yeah, yeah. and he said and he does actually say that anyone's welcome to give it to him <laughs> he <laughs> yes, said that um, yes, of course, yeah. he actually said that the first thing he would do is actually give it to young people emerging into leadership roles or going just yes. to and um, for counseling for therapy, yeah. For therapy, therapy. just yes. so they can get it all out. Um, yes. So they don't, so they aren't led by their past. Because you people, they don't realise, but they're holding it. They are exactly. holding it. And then, yeah, I mean, we, in, in psychiatry, we talk about this in terms of transference and counter-transference in the sense of when you're in therapy with someone or you, or you say you're working somewhere and there's an old, for example, an older man, for example, who you're finding quite difficult. It may well be because that older man reminds you of your father who you had difficult relationships with. and their characteristics, their behavior is bringing something out of you that's actually treating it. It's not about the person. It's about somebody in your past and you're projecting, mm. uh, projecting that their attributes onto them. And so if we, and it's, I think that's a great, great story you've just given there, because if I don't deal with my past, be that through therapy or through, through some other way, then it's going to come back and haunt me. And I may not even be conscious that I'm doing it as mm. well. Uh, season two we were we had a lot of discussions like this when we were discussing your book dancing with wisdom yeah and we were very honest yeah and um i mean there was one particular podcast where i actually felt release oh wow through yeah. talking about it yeah and i think that to be brave enough to be honest yes with the right people yes and opening up. It has that... to be the right people. It has to be the right people because mm. there are people who would use it against you, I'm, I'm afraid to say, the world we live in, yeah. Yeah, shame, isn't it? But, but, I mean, but that's the fallen world. Part of being wise is, um, is knowing that there are all sorts of people in the world and you have to be very careful, very, very careful who you open up to. And there's wisdom in friendship. We're going to have interviews with uh, John Wyatt and wisdom in friendships is really important. Yeah. Well, I think it's also that separation between an acquaintance and a, and a friend. Yes, an acquaintance, a friend. Because you get a lot of people who do take. So I told you this before. So um, I had what appeared to be many, many a friend, you yes. know, 
And I realized, oh, actually, I'm the one making contact with them. Oh, I was okay. like, how often, do, actually, do yeah. they call me? Hang it's on, when they call me, yeah. what are they asking for? All right, they're asking for something. Okay, so that's not actually a friend. And I closed those doors and I thought, yes. I'm going to, I'm just not going to ring them anymore. And I'm going to put yes. my focus on meaningful people in, in my life. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yes. It's, you know, you have to make that decision, but it's a beautiful thing. Yes, that's right. And you, you don't have to be too upfront about it, but you, you can think, well, are these relationships, are they are they nurturing me or are they draining me? Are they actually helpful? Are they putting me in, in, in a good place? Or after I leave, am, am I completely exhausted and angry or whatever? Then, yeah, those are decisions we have to make. Number yeah. four, Sunil. Yeah, number four is that, again, hard truth is that you are not in control. And again, everything in our culture is trying to say to us, you can be in control. You know, you can have the perfect house, the perfect job, the perfect family, all the money in the world, you know, just press the button and, and it arrives, which, you know, I mean, it's a wonderful thing. It's press the button and Amazon can deliver your whatever, whatever you want. And we're, again, we're very privileged if we live in, in the West to have what we have. But the things that really matter, you're not in control of necessarily. I mean, obviously, you can, you can do things to manage your health, but you can still get a, a horrible disease. People can let you down. People can betray you. You can trust somebody and things can go all wrong. I feel like I want to say you, you're you not in control, but you can have respect yeah. for yourself. You can have respect for yourself. And you can, in a sense, I think this is really about embracing the fact that I, I can do what I'm responsible for, but at the end of the day, I'm still not in charge. And again, I, the danger is, you see, what happens is, I mean, <laughs> I'm a recovering control freak, okay? Again, just... Let me put my there. Let me put my stuff out there. Is that I've, uh, I what I've realised is I've try. If I could, I would control everything. I would control everything in my schedule, and what I was doing, when I was doing it, who I was doing it with, and it would be very tightly regimented. The problem is, which I've slowly begun to realise, that if I even if I could do that, I wouldn't need God. I would be God. I would want to control the universe mm. and have it go my way. And that's a dangerous place to be because, in a sense, that's way beyond my pay grade, way beyond my pay grade. It's, it's saying, OK, Lord, I will do what I can do under your sovereignty from, from what I can see. But ultimately, it's up to you. It's that the problem arises. And, and this is what was happening to me when I tried to put myself in control. I would get angry and frustrated with people, angry and frustrated with myself because, you know, people would let me down. But I would even reach my own standards myself. And again, that's a recipe for becoming cynical, bitter, angry, uh, and not a very nice person, really. But the ability to say, okay, this is what we, what we lay before you. Um, you know, I, th I think it, it's, it's, it's in James. It, it says, it, it warns against business people saying, you know, we'll go to this city and do business. We'll go there and do, uh, make this amount of money. But he says, no, no, what you should say, if the Lord wills, we'll do it. And so... I like, the, I like the phrase, I think I'm sort of adding, going to, to another quote, but there's an Eisenhower quote, is that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. Mm. So have, certainly have plans, have ideas, and we, we must have plans and ideas, but hold them lightly, because you never quite know what's going to happen next or where things are going to go. Okay, so we're not in control. Yeah. So what's number five? Yeah, so just, to, just to, so life is hard, you're not important, your life is not about you, you're not in control, and the real clincher at the end is you're going to die mm. now again the younger you are the less you believe it you know you have health and strength and 
the world almost feels like your oyster. You can do whatever you want. You can plow through, you know, all nighters and things like that. But the reality is you and I are going to die. You know, it's all going to come to an end. Now, again, I'm not saying that to be morbid, but I think it's, it's the truth. You know, th th there's a famous quote is that nothing concentrates the mind more than for a man to know that he's going to be hanged in two weeks. By knowing that life is finite, you can, in a sense, make the most of the, of the time that you've got and really think, what do I want to make the most of, of what I've been given? I did a couple, I did, did done some podcast, I think it's podcast number 49 and 40, 50 with, with John Wyatt. And we've called it The Strange Adventure We Must All Take. And that is about what it means to die, to die well. He's written a book called Dying Well. And to die well actually means to live well. Unfortunately, the wrong way to take it, you know, is, is the famous phrase is eat, drink and be merry because tomorrow we die. So mm. it's to live a, like a hedonistic lifestyle and say, and I think, you know, one of the sad things I think we're going to see as we come out of COVID is we're going to see two kinds of people. Those who say, well, you know, I'm out of COVID now. We, we, we've got the freedom we've got. And I'm just going to let rip and just live, you know, just enjoy myself in a, in a hedonistic way. Uh, you know, I think they talk about like, like the roaring 20s that happened after, after the end of World War I. Incredible rise of hedonism. But a much healthier way is to remember that I'm an infinite being with an infinite future and that death is not the end. And the choices I make are really important. So by taking what you just said, yeah. would it be a better phrase to say, you're going to physically die? You're going to, oh, yeah, I think, yeah, you're going to physically die, yeah. That's mm. right, you know, the, the health that we enjoy now will be taken away from us. Everything's going to be lost. Everything's going to be get taken, you know. Was it when, somebody, when, when Rockefeller died, somebody asked, how much do you leave? And the, the reply was, he left all of it. <laughs> he left yeah. everything. Yes. And again, you know, we come, you know, grasping, clinching, holding, holding. Well, you're going to lose it all. And there is something about the rich simplicity. I think it talks in the message translation uh, of a Bible verse, which is not coming to mind. But the rich simplicity of being yourself. And you can't take money with you, but you can send it ahead. The choices and decisions, the friendships, the love that I show to others is what ultimately lasts. First of all, my love for God in terms of understanding his love for me. You know, we talk about being, relating, doing, leaving. And this is about the leaving part, the fourth section. The love that he has for me, the love he's given, shown me in Christ. He's come and given his, his life on the cross and that through that sacrifice, I can have life in all its fullness and abundance. And so I live with that realisation. But then it's what do I do with what he's given me? How do I steward what he's given me? And so it's that realization that, you know, it's going to come to me. <laughs> One of the things my, um, he used to really scare me uh, when I was younger was my dad would say to me, is that when you take your exams, how you spend every minute of, of, of the day leading up to your exams is going to have to be accounted for. And he used to really freak me out. You know, you know I've got to really study hard. But I thought actually as I got older, there is the ultimate exam coming about a complete evaluation of one's life. And we're all going to fail it because in our own strength, we've all messed up in one way or another. Yes. But there's somebody who's actually lived, you know, the Jewish carpenter has lived that life perfectly and given himself for us. And as I trust him, I can be secure that I'll get through that first test. But then it's going to be the question, what did you do with what I gave you? How much did you share that love in word and deed with others? Yeah, that's, that's key, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, sharing, sharing yeah. the good. Sharing the good, yeah. And sharing the love. Yeah, absolutely. That's really important. We were having that chat earlier. I mean, um, 
obviously I produce a, a lot of big name audio books and, yeah. and I say that I get so many different opinions of perhaps the same subject. Yeah. And it's wonderful because when I'm having chats with people, I'm able to spur on maybe some curveball questions yes. and things like that. And it's, it's really great. And they gain from that. I gain from that. Yes. And then that knowledge then gets passed on and passed on. But it's not necessarily knowledge. Knowledge is the wrong word. Yeah. Conversation is the right word. word yes. Because there's no there's not a right answer. No. And since you, you, you're the expert on you and you have to think about where does this apply to me? And what is, you know, literally, you know, what is God saying to me in my context, in my life, with my experiences, with my giftings, with my weaknesses? What is it that I'm being um, called to? Um, you know, and, and again, I think, you know, I, I go back to it. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, is that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. Mm. And so... I've got responsibilities to live the life that I'm called to live. I'm not called to be Elliot, okay? I'm not called to do what you're called to do. So I'm not in competition with you. And this goes back to the issue about, you know, uh, you're not important because, but I, you've got responsibility for your life. You have to be the best Elliot Frisbee that God has created, okay? I've got to be the best Sonora Hager that God has created, okay? And I want to encourage and inspire you to be the best version of you. I don't want you to be me. I want you to be the best version of me. So mm, this is yes. not a competition. This is me cheering you on, as it were, and helping you to, to grow into all that you're called to be. Well, as we sort of come to the end of, of this podcast, and I do feel like this is another conversation we need to expand mm. on as well. I really do. Yeah. Uh, it's fascinating. I've like, so many questions. Yeah. Um, I feel like I want to say to everybody, go out and be the best version of you. Yes. And spur people on to be the best version of them. That's absolutely yes. And there's a quote in I, I in I think it's in chapter one or in the introduction of, of of Dancing with Wisdom, where from Nahum of Bratislav, and he says, "When I appear at the, at the judgment seat on the last day, and God says to me, why were you not like Moses?' He says, "He says I won't be bothered." He says, "Why were you not like you know like Moses who led my people or Elijah who you know who did all these amazing things?" He says, oh, "That won't trouble me." But he says, well, "Why were you not Nahum? Why were you not the person I created you to be?" then I'll tremble from head to toe. Yes. Because, yes. I mean, and so it's not, I think that's the key thing is, but we do that in relationship with the living God. That's what I think we need to really be passionate about is that God is alive. He's with us here and now, and he's working through our weaknesses and stupidity and foolishness. And so, yeah, we're not in control. You know, those, those five truths, as we come to an end. Yes, life is hard. You're not important. Your life's not about you. You're not in control. You're going to die but God's got your back. He's with you. And that's what you know, I want to say to you, and I want to say to, to, to our listeners and, and, and viewers, he's got your back. And he loves you more than you could ever imagine. We had that interview with um, Mark Green yesterday, and uh, one, of the, is a, one of the truths that he holds on to is that God is kind. Mm, you know, mm. behind, behind a frowning providence, there is a smiling face. And as tough as life can be, he's shown his love to you in Christ. He's given everything for you, and he's just calling you to come to him. Well, do you know what? Usually we do a little minute to round off, don't we? Mm. But I actually think you've just uh, you've just summarised beautifully. Thank you. Uh, the podcast, Sunil, it's just such a pleasure. I think it's been a really, Thank really you. interesting topic. Let's uh, let's talk more on it another yeah. time. And if you want to leave any comments um, in, in the comments section or any questions, please feel free to do so. And Thank they you. can email you at from the website at drsunil.com. They can get me from there. Thank Perfect. You. Thanks, Sunil. Thank you. You've been listening to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast. Presented by Sunil Rahija and Elliot Frisbee. 
For details on the Dancing with Wisdom book and its accompanying workbook, please visit drsunil.com. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, then please share it, give it a thumbs up on YouTube, and help it to grow by giving it a nice review. Life's challenges can diminish, define, or develop you. Which one will it be? Make sure you hunger for the wise one. The choice is yours.